When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, Fantasy Football family? This is, again, another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast. This is Eugene. I am one of the hosts of the show. I appreciate y'all giving us your time and your ears of listening to us. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Jeans. That's G-E-N-E-S. Also, follow our official Twitter handle at Off the Line FF. To the other hosts of the show, Ike, how you doing? How you feeling? The draft is almost here, almost here. We still got another week and some days left, man. How you doing? Feeling, feeling great, feeling great. You know, last week, as you guys know, if you guys listened and tuned in, I was dealing with uh, quite the allergy problem. But uh, we, we bounced back, baby. We bounced back and uh, we feel 100%. Um, I can be found on Twitter at just underscore Ico9. And like you said, man, the draft is around the corner, one of the most exciting times of the year. So we can see our team not do a damn thing. And, 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 <laughs> but, you know, to be fair, to be fair, the Cowboys have had a couple of hits over the last couple of uh, years by hitting on Micah Parsons, by hitting on CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. Yeah. So, hey, let's see what they do in, you know, in the, in the, in the third consecutive year. Hopefully, you know, we have some value at pick 24. You know, we do have a lot of needs that we need to address, especially on the offensive side of the ball at wide receiver, offensive line. Uh, we need to potentially get another edge rusher to pair with Micah Parsons. There's just a lot of holes on this team. And, um, you know, obviously one first round pick is not going to address at all, but we need to really, really knock this pick out of the park. Or maybe trade back and stockpile more picks. Who knows? What do you what do you yeah. think? What do you think the Cowboys should do at twenty four? Because there's a lot of directions that they can go. You are you obviously know where I think they should go. <laughs> I think they should go wide receiver. <laughs> that's that that's just my personal opinion. Given how you know the whole Amari Cooper thing played out, I don't think that was very smart of them to trade him for peanuts and a half eaten bag of Sour Patch Kids. So. Right. Empty bag. Yeah. So what do you I, what where do you think we should go? Where the Cowboys? Um, I, I need to stop saying we where the Cowboys should go. The I, I think they should they should address the offensive line. I know you could they could potentially wait until the second round to do that. I mean, if they trade back, that'd be good, but I really hope that they address the offensive line or the defensive line. We just need to we need to get younger and and better in the trenches. But 
my my offensive brain wants to go also want to go wide receiver. So you know uh, it. Well, you know it. <laughs> it's a I deep receiver class. Receivers. A deep yeah, receiver class, and um, it there's going to be some value there at twenty four for us. Given how given how you know all these mocks are you know playing out right now, we all the speculation. Some some prominent guys may get pushed to us, but hey, you know we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, let's not dig too deep because next week we're gonna we're gonna oh, yeah. we're gonna dig a little bit deeper in uh, oh, yeah. these these rookies before before the draft happens. But on this show, we're gonna kind of you know do an exercise of just kind of reassessing the twenty one rookie rookie class. You know, we just talk about who we thought was best for each position. You know, who exceeded or or disappointed in terms of expectations that maybe uh, fantasy football play, uh, fantasy football players had, or you know just based off of the hype or, you know, draft capital or what have you. Let's talk about some quick news. I know you've seen some of these uh, wide receivers looking for their looking for their bread. They want it and they want it now. Oh, uh, yeah. With, with A.J. Brown, Debo, Scary Ter- Terry slash F1, Terry McLaurin, and then also Kyler. You know, he's not a wide receiver, but he wants his bread now. So what do you think about some of these guys that are looking to, to get their bread? And it's, it's also crazy that you got Debo, AJ Brown, and uh, I mean, I even forgot about DK. DK wants wants to get paid too. These these those three share the same agent. So I was just again, about to mention that. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> gonna be uh, that's gonna be one quite you know, one hell of a conversation. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, yeah, they're so, both. They're all three of them. They're due to get their bread at the exact same time. That agent, that, if that agent pulls that off, then he's gonna cash the hell out. Yeah, he's he goes, he's he, looking to meet he's looking to meet his uh his quota early. So oh yeah, yeah, the quota he's gonna be his quota in April, and you know he's got another <laughs> eight months left of the year. So, but yeah, you know uh it's you know there's a, a bunch of recent news coming out, more specifically on Depot's end. He just now requested a trade, you know today, and a lot of there's been conflicting reports on. On 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 the specifics or lack thereof as to why he's you know asking for a trade you know there's you know the speculation that oh he's not he wasn't um, overly fond of how the 49ers used him as that you know running back slash wide receiver hybrid you know I, I guess you know and to a degree I understand because it puts him at risk it puts him at a lot of risk you know putting him in the backfield um, you know taking all those unnecessary hits a lot of people were against it. But you know, it was fun for fantasy. It was fun for you know us as as viewers and lovers of of the game, to, you know, to see him be used in in so many different ways and to, to show his versatility. I mean, he's more than capable of doing it. But at the same time, he understands that you know this is a business, and um, putting him in that type of position is not necessarily the best business decision. You know, so um, you know, I I, com- I guess I completely understand from that perspective but as it pertains to the actual negotiations that's where details are kind of fuzzy you know i think adam Schefter came out and said that the 49ers he he, he asked the 49ers what's going on basically and they said i don't know we we're ready to deal and he's not and you know i don't know what what do you what do you make of this entire situation because it it just there's a lot of i feel like there's a lot of information that were that that's being left out and that's usually the case with these things but with this Debo one, he, he requested a trade and he just wants to move on. But why does he want to move on? You know, outside of, you know, the, the reason that I, the reason that I outlined as it pertains to his usage. But, you know, it just it, it something smells funny. Something smells funny. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think 
what probably what happened is that San Francisco walked up to him, you know, offered him a contract that was kind of not that elite wide receiver money because of how they use him. They probably deem him as more of a, hey, we're going to pay you as like a weapon X type of thing and not like like your Tyreek or Devontae Adams, which I get because he he's never produced on that type of level. He's this is the first season being healthy. And somehow he stayed healthy uh, with the how San Francisco used him. So I'm sure what happened is that San Francisco is probably he's probably heard rumblings of what what kind of range that they're looking to offer him. And he's like, uh, hell no, nah, let me let me let me go find somewhere else where I can go get paid. But I I mean to to I that end this, though. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off. But to that end, wouldn't he be looking? Wouldn't he? Wouldn't it make sense for him to be paid more given his versatility and, his, and how he's used? You know, wouldn't that actually gain him some leverage in negotiations? Like he can be used here, he can be used there, and wouldn't that actually help him as opposed to hurting him? Yeah, you would think, but they're probably looking at it like they're probably using the fact that he's never been healthy as something a mark against him, even though. They almost use them like a, you know how they treat running backs where they just run them to the ground and you just like, all right, we don't have no more use for you. We're not going to pay yeah. you what you, you think you should. And they're probably yeah. looking at them like that, like, all right, we're pretty much at the end of, end of, uh, you know, life for you. You know, we're, we will give you this, but you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting no 25, 26, 27 million bag. Like some of these other cats are getting because these are elite wide receivers and they probably don't look at them as an elite wide receiver. They probably look at them as an elite weapon. Yeah. I, I feel like that should definitely play um, into his favor and looking at him as an elite weapon, you know, like, yeah, uh, that that's, that's just, that's just my opinion. I mean, he had over 2000 total yards this past year, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, there was, this, there was, he had, he had, you know, I think he had 15 touchdowns. Yeah, you know, there's like he he had a, he had one hell of a year, man. I I, I think he's he's well deserving of whatever um, whatever bag he wants, you know. But the 49ers, obviously, and you know, well, not, I don't know about obviously, but the 49ers, at least from speculation, feel a little differently. Mm, yeah, yeah, I, I I can see both ends. Like you want you want to see somebody who put everything on the line to get paid, but on the other side of it, they're probably looking at him like. Yeah, but I don't know what what you're gonna look like in the future if we continue to use you like this. That's probably that's probably also part of it too. They're probably just like, oh yeah, we're probably gonna use you similar to what we did last year. But oh shit, we don't know if you can last because this is the first time ever that you've played every game um, that we played. So it's it suck it sucks. Uh, but this is part of the game. Hopefully they figure something out. I mean, what we saw last year was definitely amazing and electrifying but yep. I, like if he goes somewhere else i just don't know how he's going to be used because he was very he was very efficient with the with the wide receiver touches he did a lot with not that much so yeah he had know, over i think he had over 18 yards and uh, 18 yards per reception yeah and had 1400 yeah. yards receiving yeah yeah so yeah, was, his numbers don't make any sense yeah, he <laughs> it's was crazy super <laughs> hyper efficient with his yeah. touches running and receiving so you know, yeah Devo, Devo, and i and i even said I even said, like, you know, whenever we were doing our, you know, our shows in January that he might be the best player in the league because of just how he's used and just the the, the impact that he has on the game um, on a week to week basis, on a play by play basis. 
Yeah. So yeah, know, this is you know hopefully something that they can they can make it work out. But if he does get traded, there's all you know there's a, there's just a handful of teams that <laughs> may yeah. Like a. Uh, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna. My question was gonna be like where will he fit or who's gonna pay? Because because uh, people are speculating. Oh yeah, the Kansas City is looking to to go after him, but Kansas City didn't want to pay. Why would they pay Debo? Unless they unless they want to rent Debo for a year, but even then, I don't I don't know if Debo would agree to go there unless he's getting paid, unless he's getting a new contract. And that's yeah. what we've seen. That's what we've seen with these wide receivers that have been traded. You know, Devontae Adams got traded, got a new contract. Tyreek Hill traded, got a new contract. So that's you know, and you know, Amari Cooper to a lesser extent, he restructured his deal, you know, once he got traded. But you know, that's probably something the Cowboys should have done or could have done, but they decided to trade him for reasons unknown. But whatever. I don't want to revisit <laughs> that situation again. Yeah. So, so I, just get, uh, I just get angry thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, think AJ, I think AJ Hill, I think he ends up getting paid, so I'm not sure there's really much there. Scary Terry. AJ Brown, I, yeah. I think Scary Terry also, I mean, I think he gets paid. I'm, uh, the situation sucks, but I don't see why they wouldn't pay him. Um, the other one that I really want to talk about is Kyler. What do you think about that situation? Um, you know, he's looking to get paid early. He just saw the GM and the coach get get broke out after he initially said that that uh, he's looking to get paid, and now he's looking at now he's looking at his hands. He's look he's looking for his, and and Arizona is just like, mm, mm, I mm. I honestly <laughs> well, I honestly think that I mean. Arizona's kind of in the right here. You know, they 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 still have they have a little trepidation with paying him and cuz he hasn't proven to stay healthy for a full season. The last couple of years they started off hot, you know, double digit wins by like November, October, November, or actually, you know, double digit wins by like November and they they faltered down the stretch. Well, they didn't have double digit wins in 2020, but 2021 um, they start out pretty hot, and they and they falter down the stretch. They just can't finish seasons, and and Kyler is, you know, whether whether or not you want to, you know, pit all the blame on him, I don't think you should pit all the blame on him. But he's a, a huge part of why they haven't been able to finish seasons. You know, his play down the stretch has has you know has left a lot to be desired. I know I do realize in 2020 he had that shoulder injury and he wasn't the same. I think he hurt it against I think the Patriots, you know, during that year, and he wasn't really the same guy. Um, and then this year he had he had another injury. So um, and you know in the playoff game he looked completely lost, like he's just never played football before. Yeah, and that that scares her. I mean that has to scare you know the, the organization. You know you have you know they 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 might have had some offensive line issues um, in that game, and they've had they, and they were hit or miss for the most part. Um, you know through the good you know good portions of 2021, but. You know, he he did not put his best foot forward in that playoff game against the Rams, and that gives them a little pause. And I completely understand. You know, but on on Kyler's side, I mean, he does. I mean, he he does bring a lot to the table. You know, he is a you know he's an electrifying you know playmaker whenever he's on. He's pretty accurate with the ball. Uh, you know, but a couple of you know a couple of uh, drawbacks or a couple of uh, you know weaknesses of his and you know his is his decision decision making can be questionable at times. His, you know, taking sacks in, in opportune times—that's another issue of, of his. 
So there's a lot of there's a lot of things here with with Kyler Murray that we need to just kind of you know a lot not enough people are paying attention to, especially with you know as it pertains to his game. You know they think oh you know Kyler franchise quarterback number one overall pick, he deserves the money, deserves the money, deserves the money. But if you really really break it down, I mean Arizona has has a case that you know look we need to see more out of them. We need to see them you know you know make a playoff run and, and actually finish the season strong. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think that's 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 quite the stalemate. I don't know who's going to blink first <laughs> this offseason. Um, that that'll be a curious one for me. That'll be a curious one to see how that one plays out. I don't see yeah. them trading him. I honestly think that he probably will play the season, play the season out as it is, and next offseason he'll get broke off. But you know, we've we've seen a lot of crazy things happen, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm under the same notion of the. If I'm Arizona, I, I'm waiting. I'll call his bluff and see what happens. I don't think there's a rush to to give this dude some money. Yeah, I don't even know why no they pay. I don't even know. I don't even know why they paid Coach Bro. Honestly, I think that's what really probably probably rubbed them wrong. Is that okay? We're both attached to the hip. We're both suffering through the same things, which is not finishing seasons. But you pay this dude before you pay me, so. Yeah, and they share the same agent on top of that, so Oof. that's a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe yeah. they'll figure the, that the out. Vacation, vacations are going to be kind of awkward. It's like I got yeah. paid, but you didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but on to the episode. Like we said at the beginning, we're going to kind of go through exercise of reassessing twenty-one rookies. You know, we're going to start off by talking about who was the best of each position of this class. Overall, I think this class was, you know. It left out a lot to des- to be desired. I think we we expected some of these guys to to pop right away. I think we got spoiled about we got spoiled from the twenty twenty class, and we just expected this class to carry over. I mean, we got somebody like Joe Burrow or Jonathan Taylor, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Justin Herbert, like Justin Jackson. I mean, not just Justin Jefferson. Like you just. Yeah. Start running down a list of these names, you're just oh shit! Like, yeah. okay, I got. We're just thinking that we're we're gonna get another class full of these studs that are gonna do things right away, and you know it just didn't happen for uh, a lot of these guys. So, you know, let's go ahead and start down with the quarterback position. Who you think performed the best this past year? Uh, I mean, this most of the most of the top five you know first round quarterbacks were pretty bad for the most part this year um you know they they that it was a really really solid class on paper but when it came when it came to the on field performance i mean there was a lot of a lot of you know like you said like you said from the outset left a lot to be desired but the only guy that really kind of was a little consistent was a little bit more consistent than the others was mac jones from the patriots you know, he had the second best completion percentage ever by a rookie um, at 67.6%. And that trailed only Dak Prescott's 67.7% in 2016. Um, and, you know, Mac, Mac Jones was the only rookie um, in this class to have a PFF grade above 65. His was 80, 80.4. And, you know, the Patriots made the playoffs. He had a lot of, you know, had a lot of, you know, a lot of solid games. And they've and they've added, you know, they they added Devontae Parker you know, via trade this offseason. And, you know, those, those those that receiving room is not is not terrible um by any stretch. I mean, they still have Hunter Henry at tight end. 
uh, John New Smith, who was grossly misused. Hopefully they can, you know, <laughs> hopefully they can they can turn that they can turn that around, you know, because John New Smith was, you know, he, he a very athletic tight end and he was used primarily as a blocker, but he could have definitely added another element to that Patriots offense last year. So if they use him a little bit better, you know, Kendrick Bourne had a solid year. Um, and so, you know, there's, there's, there's opportunity. And I think they, they're going to be in the market for a wide receiver um, come draft time. Although, you know, Bill Belichick's track record of drafting wide receivers is uh, very piss poor to say the least. Yeah, very, very. So, you know, Mac Jones, by the, I guess by default, was the best quarterback <laughs> out of the 2021 class. You know, you know Trevor Lawrence was awful. Um, Zach Wilson, mostly awful. You know, Justin Fields, you know, who I, you know, who I, you know, I love as a player and I love his talent and ability. He was mostly awful. You know, he had, but he had some, he had, some, he had a few QB1, a uh, few QB1 weeks as well, you know, you know, with his rushing ability and it showed a lot of his athleticism and downfield passing, you know, in, in certain stretches and certain moments when he was given the opportunity to do so. But he wasn't as consistent as, as Mac Jones was in, uh, in 2020, 20, I'm sorry, 2021. Yep. Yep, and I I, I co-signed that. Uh, I mean, Trey Lance didn't really play much. We saw Trevor Lawrence; he he just didn't do shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so by by default, I mean, Mac Jones, man, like that's he he was the best out of the bunch. So, running back for me, I mean, we both agreed with this. This was Najee Harris. Wasn't wasn't really close. He was a top three running back for the season as a rookie. 381 touches, 74 receptions, most by a rookie since LT in 2020, uh, since 2001. Played over 80% in the snaps. Fifth in the NFL in 10 plus rushes with 28. Only JT, Chubb, Cook, Mitchell, Elijah Mitchell, who was also a rookie, had more than him. And that was it. So um, we, I think everybody knew before the draft that Pittsburgh, this is this is who they wanted to go with. They went with him, told him like, "Hey, um, we're going to be leaning on you because our quarterback sucks and our O line sucks, but make it happen anyway." And I mean, for the most part, he made it happen with the volume he had. So uh, I just don't. This this was a no brainer in my opinion. So Najee Harris was the best running back out of this twenty one rookie class. Yeah, just shy. Just you know, he he finished just at twelve hundred yards rushing. You know, the three point nine yards per carry. You know that it's not it's not great, but he he made his he made his money by by volume. He was a volume volume yep. driven a running back in twenty twenty one, and you know Pittsburgh. You know, again, like you said, he, they leaned on him a lot. You know, seventy four catches is man. Like he was there was a game where he caught I think caught fifteen passes. I think against the, I believe it was against the Raiders. It was fourteen versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati, yeah. It was yeah fourteen yeah. on like nineteen or twenty targets. Yep, nineteen. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep, so remember he, that game. Yeah. So he's a he's a versatile guy. He can catch the he can catch the rock. He's really shifty. Doesn't have long speed, but he's really powerful. He had 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 a couple stiff arms from hell. Um, <laughs> I like reels in twenty twenty one. So yeah, Najee Harris, best running back um, on you know on best running back in twenty twenty one, best rookie running back in twenty twenty one. You know Elijah Mitchell kind of came kind of came kind of came through a little bit as well. 
he was undra- he was mostly undrafted in fantasy drafts. Najee Harris was going first, second round, end of the first, early second round. Elijah Mitchell was mostly undrafted. Uh, yep. he was you know he he finished as a top twenty five running back. So that was an, that was just kind of another you know I guess honorable mention you can probably say. Yep. Wide receiver, who you got? I think it's pretty unanimous. Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know it's it was it's the best rookie wide receiver ever. Best rookie wide receiver season ever. Um, he broke Justin Jefferson's 2020 record, who was now and that record was previously held by Randy Moss. You know he had 81 catches, just shy of 1500 yards, and 13 touchdowns on 18 yards per reception. That's like that's insane. And he had eight touchdown receptions of over 20 plus yards, and that was more than 25 NFL teams. Yeah, more than 25 NFL teams. There's only 32 NFL teams, so that's basically more. <laughs> yeah, just just yeah, do the math. Do the math there. Do the math there. Um, you know, 2.7 yards per round run, 7.8 yards after catch per reception, and 827 total yards after the catch. And, you know, he had the second most fantasy points um, ever by a rookie wide receiver. And, you know, on, you know, to add, you know, to add to his stellar season and to put a cherry on top to a stellar season in week 17, in week 17, championship Sunday, 266 yards and three touchdowns, the only wide receiver in 2021, rookie or non-rookie, to drop a 50-burger for your fantasy squads. So if you had Jamar Chase on your roster in championship weekend, you probably took it home. I played against him in two leagues. I took two L's because I played against Jamar Chase. So <laughs> that that says everything it needs to say. But I do, but I do want to ask. I, I do. There, there was a there was a uh, an interesting thought experiment being conducted on Twitter. Now this was technically the best rookie wide receiver wide receiver season ever, you know, you know, yardage and things of that nature. But in 2014, Odell Beckham Jr. put up 91 catches, 1,300 yards, and 12 touchdowns in just 12 games. Jamar Chase did this in 17 games. So on a per-game basis, you know, OBJ was at about 108. Jamar Chase was at 85. So that made me think of, like, well, I mean, which rookie wide receiver season was better? Was it Chase's or was it OBJ's? <laughs> that I mean, that's a legitimate question. You know, I I, I didn't I never I, I didn't really think about it because we were just so like blown away by like how Jamar Chase dominated. But Odell Beckham's 2014 season was borderline historic. And then there's another there's another there's another uh, stat that I saw that you know he was only about a, a point and a half shy of Cooper Cups. 2021 season on a per game basis in 2014. Just think about that. Damn. Just, yeah, 1.5 points fantasy points shy of uh, of Cooper Cup. So and um, Beckham, he had the he had the hamstring issue. Correct, I believe. Yeah, that was he, his, yeah. He, had, he missed four games due to the hamstring injury, so he only played 12. Like at 91 and 1312 games, like that's amazing. So I don't know. I, it's it's hmm. uh, it's an interesting question. Uh, whose rookie wide receiver season was better? <laughs> but I think in terms of impact, I think in terms of impact, I think Jamar Chase gets the nod, yeah, and because of you know their their team success as well, because he 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 directly contributed to to their wins and losses. Like him dominating yeah. games, 
you know, put put you know, put them over the top. Although Beckham dominating games, they were still losers. You yeah. know, they didn't they didn't make the playoffs that year. They, they were a losing team, a 2014, I believe. So yep. uh, there's 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 just like you know between you know between both of them wins and losses. I think I'd have to give the edge to Jamar Chase. Yeah, I mean they played in the freaking Super Bowl, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go with Chase. Uh, yeah. You know, in the the last position, tight end. Uh, I think this goes without saying. There was only two tight ends of consequence, and one of them pretty much blew blew everybody. I mean, he was competing with wide receivers in terms of some of the stats he put up. Uh, and I'm talking about Mr. Kyle Pitts from Florida, now playing with the Atlanta Falcons. Your he Florida finished, Gators, sir. Yeah, my Florida Gators. Yeah, you know, uh, he finished. He finished overall. He finished wide receiver six in PPR with. With just with tight end six, sorry, in PPR with just one touchdown over the whole season. You know how us fantasy football players players were complaining about, oh, to- Pitts, what's going on, man? Like this guy, why did I draft him so high? He's not scoring any touchdowns, blah blah blah, this and that. Okay, but he still gave you a thousand yards. Yeah, he still finished wide receiver six with one touchdown. He had over a hundred oh. targets. Like, what are we doing here? Like, if you go to playerprofile.com, you can see all his advanced stats and you'll just see everything is top 10. Like, opportunity share was top 10. Um, You know, you go to target share for tight end was top 10. Like, just go down the list, yards per touch, yards yards per route run. Like, you just go down the list of all these stats that he has and they're all top 10. So Elite elite metrics, man. Elite metrics. All he needed was touchdowns, and I'm sure that'll that'll hopefully correct um, in, in 2022. Yeah, he 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 had a he had a pretty damn good season. Um, but quick note about his only touchdown: <laughs> it was in London. Yeah, and a defensive lineman was guarding him. Yeah, so I think he I, ran, didn't he run like a wheel route or a go route on the sideline and just no, it was a goal he, line. It was like a goal line like play. It was a play action pass, and then they just. For some reason, there was a defensive lineman guarding him. And he just—he he, just—I think he just jumped over him. Yeah. Matt Ryan put it. I don't know why they didn't use him more in the red zone. Maybe they did. Maybe he had a lot of red zone targets, and maybe they just didn't—they weren't able to connect for some reason. Right. He just had shitty touchdown luck in 2021. I think, you know, it's—it's. It, it's, I don't know. I, I think he. I think that can. Conventional wisdom says positive touchdown regression is on the way, but you don't always, you can't always, you can't always bank on that. You know, because no, I, I had said it, I remember years ago, I, I was saying that about George Kittle on scoring like five touchdowns. Like, oh, well, he had yep. X amount of red zone targets. And, you know, if he just keeps, continues at that pace and the touchdowns will come the following yep. season, five touchdowns. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yep. Yeah, I just, think, I think Kyle Pitts had the same, the same uh, disease that Julio Jones had whenever he was with Atlanta trying to get touchdowns in the end zone. It was just like Matt Ryan was just allergic to completing a ball to him in the, end, in the red zone, man. It was, it's crazy. It's so just, frustrating. Like, literally it's makes so no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Extremely you frustrating. Any, you got anything else before we move on to, you know, or who exceeded our expectations or, you know, disappointed us? Um, I think I think that's probably – I mean, I think that pretty much sums up, you know, the, the top, the top um, guys at each of these positions. You know, there it, it was – as you mentioned from the outset, it was uh, I wouldn't say underwhelming, but it wasn't like one of those things where you 
I don't know. It's, I mean, you can probably on a, a tight end. You can probably also add in Pat Fryermuth. Um, you know, he had seven touchdowns in his own right, and he had sixty catches and seven touchdowns as a rookie. I think I believe that's the only tight end in NFL history to do that. Sixty catches and seven touchdowns as a rookie. So he joined some pretty elite company, you know, in that regard as a rookie tight end. Um, that's that's probably the only other guy that would get any kind of you yeah. know recognition and notoriety here. But outside of that, yeah, this you know Cole Komet was pretty bad. He had zero touchdowns. He had the most fantasy points below expectation on ninety three targets. Um, so yeah, I that that's that's basically it for this uh, the best the best of this uh, class. Yeah, uh, and just to note that or top it off, it was just there was only three tight ends that that was graded uh, via PP, uh, PFF over seventy, and you just named two of them, and the other one was 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 John Bates. So a what? A who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there wasn't really anybody of consequence outside of those two. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, now on to uh exceeding expectations or people who disappointed us based off of you no know, you know Twitter hype, you know, your your league hype, draft capital, ADP, whatever you wanna how you wanna weigh it as. You know, we'll talk about a couple that exceeded and a couple that disappointed. So go ahead and start us off. Who you got for exceeded expectations? We talked about them earlier when we were discussing um, the, the the top positions, but um I would like to go with Elijah Mitchell running back for the 49ers. Um, his ADP was his, his rookie ADP was third, you know, was 34th. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he was the ninth running back off the board in, in, in most rookie drafts, right? Like it, he, he, you know, in, in, in traditional, you know, fantasy drafts, traditional redraft leagues, he was mostly undrafted. He was basically a fab darling. You know, yep. he had that he had that breakout game against the against the Lions in week one, and then you're pretty much blowing all your fab on him the next week. Um, you know, we have we had the league mate in our home league, blew his entire fab budget on Elijah Mitchell yep. <laughs> after that week. Yep. Uh, he knows who he is. Yep. <laughs> He's listening. He knows who he is. <laughs> he, he shall remain remain nameless. Um, but he finished as an RB25 in just eleven games played. And there was a point in the season where he had at least 26 opportunities, you know, rushing and receiving in seven consecutive games. So he earned the trust of Kyle Shanahan because, you know, you know how Kyle Shanahan doesn't commit to, you know, doesn't usually commit to one guy unless he's really fucking good. <laughs> and Elijah Mitchell is pretty fucking good. And so, uh, you know, that, that, that's a, that, that's a, that's a positive going uh, for, for Elijah Mitchell. And now, you know, going into the 2022 season, he has Trey Lance, you know. There, there's that, uh, you know. There's that Konami code, so it's going to open a lot of uh, open a lot of lanes for him to run as well. You know, we'll have to see what happens with Debo Samuel and how how he how he affects that 49ers offense. I'm sure he'll have a pretty sizable sizable impact. But you know, Elijah Mitchell, man, he he definitely exceeded expectations in 2021, and especially you know, I mean, we'll we'll talk about you know the other side of that uh, who, who disappointed expectation who disappointed. And did not exceed expectations. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> his 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 backfield mate, but we'll 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 we won't bury the lead there. 
but yeah, Elijah Mitchell was one of my guys um, that exceeded expectations in 2021. All right, so wide receiver that exceeded expectations for me was Amara St. Brown, uh, Superflex rookie drafts. He was wide receiver nine. Uh, his ADP was 20, so right, right in towards the back end of the second round. This this guy finished wide receiver 21 for the season with 90 catches, 912 yards, and five touchdowns with with Jared Goff. Goof or however you want Jared to say. Goof. Jared Goof as his quarterback. So this just lets you know, uh, you know, the type of work that he he did his rookie season. Uh, then let alone that there was really no one else to pass to with TJ in and out of lineup with injuries, you know, DeAndre Swift being in and out with, with injuries himself. So regardless of the fact he was still able to, you know, put up almost a thousand yards with with a deficient quarterback. And then he also finished uh, that he was wide re- overall wide receiver two the last six weeks of the season. He was top 10 the last five of the six weeks. So, again, just a wide receiver that did damage with with a, a deficient quarterback. Just let you know that, like, you know, just the ability that he has if given the opportunity that that he can put up numbers and do a lot of damage uh, against opposing cornerbacks, linebackers, whoever he's matched up with. So, yeah. Yeah, and then like you know, a lot of people would just point to that and say, "Oh yeah, Hawkinson was hurt, Swift was hurt," but you know, targets are earned. At the end of the day, targets are earned, and he earned those opportunities. There was other, there was other players out there that could have earned those targets, but he's the one that did. He's the one that's you know basically seized that opportunity and earned the you know, got, you know, gained the trust of the quarterback, and he was able to produce you know ninety catches for you know nine hundred and twelve yards and five touchdowns and. He basically was relevant the second half of the season, and that was basically it. You know, the first half of the year, I think he was wide receiver 59. And then the second half of the year, he was wide receiver 10 overall. So it was basically a tale of two seasons for him. So, yeah. yeah, you know, I'm going to St. Brown. And I know, you know, Detroit, they did add DJ Chark um, to stretch the field. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that affects him too much because that actually would, you know, help him, you know, DJ Chark's will will definitely be operating on the outside and he'll be running a lot of those, you know, more, you know, those outside routes, you know, deep balls, you know, go routes and post routes and, you know, opening up the middle for, you know, for Amon Ross St. Brown you know, to operate, you know, similarly to, similarly um, as he did in 2021. So I don't necessarily think that affects him too much. And they may potentially be getting a drafting a quarterback, a young quarterback, pretty high you know maybe you know i heard you know they may be drafting a quarterback as high as two or yeah as low as 32 it, yep. it, there's a lot of options on the table for detroit you know they had they, they have two first round picks they have a lot of picks you know in tow right now so um we'll, we'll see what they do with them you know but, but i but i suspect i suspect that they'll draft a quarterback fairly high with one of their first two uh two picks first few yep. picks yeah definitely all right Disappointments. Who do you want to start with? I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you handle this one. Um, okay. This this, this okay. guy. This yeah. This this first guy. This is it. Ha- has your name written all over it. I'm gonna let you hear <laughs> this. So you know, for the audience. Okay. Yeah. This this guy was very very high on 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 Eugene's list, and he really shit the bed. Really <laughs> shit the bed. So go all ahead. Right, so so go ahead. So th- this running back. He, uh, you know, he shined a lot of people's eyes at the end of his college football season running for Ohio State when there were some other running backs that got hurt in front of him. He he showed out during the playoff, you know, come around draft season. You know, this particular team in red 
decides to draft him in the third round. You know, we get hyped up about how he's doing things at camp, and then all of a sudden he can't get carries at camp. But whatever reason, you know, he goes wide running back four in super flex leagues, rookie drafts, you know, ADP of 15, RB2, ADP of seven in redraft leagues. And, uh, you know, I can't talk no further than uh, Elijah Mitchell's teammate, Trey Sermon. He, uh, you know, he was really, 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 really bad. He um, only rushed 167 uh, yards for the season. This dude literally couldn't get on the field, like, to the point where he was just a, you know, he was a, a healthy scratch because he, he can't play. He can't play special teams. So he wasn't even active on game day. That is pathetic. Bruh, bruh that's bad. Um, you know, lots of rookie drafts where we saw this guy go first round because, you know, of the, you know, the of the draft capital that that a running back can hold. If, you know, he's going to get a lot of playing time. We assumed he was going to get a lot of playing time. He had the draft capital and, you know. He, he he pissed all over himself, man. He just just wasn't really an athlete, you know. Just he just wasn't ready for the moment. So mm-hmm. Trey Sermon, you know, my big so- disappointment for uh, 2021 when it came to rookie redraft uh, rookie drafts. You you absolutely, honestly, and truly hate to see it. Yeah, absolutely yeah. hate to see it. Um, the next guy on this list who disappointed <laughs> in 2021 um, as a rookie. Was the number one overall pick from the 2021 draft, uh, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for the Jags. You know his rookie ADP was one. He was he was the almost unanimous one on one in super super flex uh, drafts. You know his ADP was you know yeah I mean it, his ADP was was QB five. Is that is that is that what, is that what it was? No, his, he was QB one and QB his one. ADP was five. His ADP yeah his ADP was five. Yeah that's right. So it. Yeah, I there there was the Urban Meyer experience. <laughs> oh man, like there's <laughs> there's just so there's just so many things to to say about um, this season. I I'm not gonna say that Trevor Lawrence is is bad, even though he played really really bad. He only had 12 touchdowns and 17 interceptions. Um, and and this is and this is like a gross stat that I that I came across the other day. But of all the QBs to start at least 12 games in 2021. He had a two percent touchdown rate, and that's the lowest of all time. The lowest of all time. Jesus. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a bad. It's as bad as it gets, man. It's as bad as it gets. You know that he had. You know, there at, at one point during the season, their best wide receiver was a was a converted cornerback. Bro, yeah, yeah, Agnew, man. I had him in uh, in uh, in plenty of dynasty leagues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and then you know, oh, they had and, and then they had Lavisca Chanel out of position. They they weren't using him right. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence. You know, they showed some sort of chemistry and some sort of rapport in the preseason. And then all of a sudden during the year, all of that went out the window. I don't know what happened to that to that connection to that chemistry. You know, there there was just a lot of. You know, there there was a lot to be desired with Trevor Lawrence's performance, but I'm gonna chalk that up as I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give that you know that that season I'm gonna chalk that up as a mulligan because of because of Urban Meyer and how terrible he was, and you know they they have they it seems like they have more competent coaching in place now with the hiring of Doug Peterson, uh, Jim Bob Cooter as offensive coordinator, 
So there's going to be a, you know, and, and plus all the money that they spent on uh, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I'm sorry. They, they spent on the skill players, you know, uh, to help him out. I think, you know, there, there's going, you know, things are going to be looking up uh, for, uh, for Trevor Lawrence in 2022, but he was definitely um, a huge disappointment in 2021. Yeah. I mean, after that bye, after they played Miami in, in London, he only threw for five touchdowns in 11 games. <laughs> they were. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I just had to laugh because it's just so bad. Bruh. So bad. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, we expected more from him. So it just, it just sucks. To, you just hate to see it. So now on to our year two breakout candidates. Um, you know, I can go ahead and start it off and, you know, we continue to talk about Trevor Lawrence. We, like you said before, their, their front offense spent a bunch of money on skilled position players and wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, their, their first round draft pick in Travis Etienne is going to be healthy. He was healthy at the end of last year. He said he could have played, but they didn't. Uh, the new coaching staff with, with Doug Peterson and Jim Bob Cooter. So we expect this offense to for sure to be. You know, be a little bit better than five touchdown passes in eleven games. So, um, I, I mean, I just ex- I'm just expecting a lot more from Trevor. They're trying to give it, give him and surround him with anything and everything possible for him to succeed. I think he's in a good environment now to, to you know to actually do that. And with even with all this, he's still almost he threw for over thirty six hundred yards with how bad he was. So there's 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 potential to grow from from this piss poor season. So, yeah, but you know, thirty six hundred yards isn't what it used to be. You know, especially yeah, in this day yeah. and age in this passing league, you know, thirty six just shy of four thousand yards in seventeen games. It's that's it's not really good. You know that no, that's, it's not. That's a that's that's not really uh you know that those are numbers someone puts up if they're like on a, on a run first team, right? But yeah, it seems to me like they they were. I guess middle of the pack and pass attempts, right? I mean, they, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, put up, put the 3,600, 3,600 yards as, as, as much as, as, as a positive or anything like that. Well, that's, well, that's, I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a positive for him. Like, oh, yeah, he did well this first thing. I'm just saying, like, he threw 3,600 and he was really fucking bad. So yeah. it should get better for him. So he should do more than that. I mean, they had, he had 602 pass attempts. So, yeah, hopefully they'd be able to do more with 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 his attempts. So, yeah, no, who you I, got I for your breakout? You. Who you got? You who you got for your breakout candidate? Yeah, so we're gonna continue with quarterbacks. My, I think this one is obvious to many, and that's Trey Lance, uh, quarterback for the 49ers. Now, given the news of of Debo Samuel's um, trade request. I still think Trey Lance is going to have a lot of value and he's going to produce because he is that proverbial Konami, Konami code quarterback. You know, he, he's a, a dual threat guy and, you know, he's going to be the full time starter just, you know, regardless of what they're, regardless of what they do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I, it's him being, him being on the roster in 2022 would just be a, a, a whole joke. All right. It'll be a whole joke. Um, but, He's been, you know, given indications that he'll be the the starter for 2022, and that's how we'll operate as a community until until otherwise. You know, in 2021, he played two full games, and he had another half of football. 
Um, that half, he finished as a QB 15 um, with 157 passing yards, two touchdowns, and 41 rushing yards. And that's just in a half of football. Um, yeah, he played two other games as a starter. On one game, he had 89 rushing yards and 192 passing yards. Unfortunately, did not get in the end zone. And according to to uh, to, to FTN, he he had a he was 11 points um, below um, expectation, 11 fantasy points below expectation. So we that upside is still there. That upside was still there in that game. He just needed to get in the end zone. I think I honestly think that he he had um he had a couple of tries. Uh, at the goal line, he just wasn't able to get in. I, I believe watching that game, he had a couple of uh, goal line attempts and he just wasn't able to get in. I think they got stuffed on fourth down on one of those uh, possessions, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. He had you know, 16 carries, 89 yards. I think it's, I, I believe it was that game against Arizona when, he's, um, when he started. And then the other game, he played against the Texans. He finished as the QB 10 overall. You know, 249 passing yards, two passing touchdowns. And 31 rushing yards, you know, uh, you know, a very solid game uh, for for Trey Lance in that one. So, um, and then also, you know, according to FTN as well, he finished or he he ranked second in fantasy points per snap at .38, trailing only Josh Allen. Now we get the sample size is, is relatively small um, on on a snaps on, on a total snaps um, from a total snaps perspective, but you know he like I said the upside is there, you know the Konami code is there. You know, Trey Lance, Trey Lance being a full-time starter um, for for the entire season, I think he's in for some big things. Yeah, so I definitely expect him to to do some big things. I co-sign that. Uh, San Francisco is looking to to look to him as the starting quarterback. So um, we're looking for him to do you know Kaepernick type things um, with the with the weapons that he has. I think he should be able to be successful. Yep. Um, the next the next player I have is Javante Williams. He should be the full-time starter, um, you know, crossing our fingers, hoping that uh, the Broncos don't spend a high draft pick on a running back. If he does, if they don't, then I'm looking for him to, you know, shoulder a lot more than just 50% of the, the workload in the backfield like he was this past season with Melvin Gordon, and he still had 100, uh, 900 yards rushing. He was the running back one. When we saw him get the full workload, I know everybody was hyped up. I remember every single person you could think of was on Twitter excited. Our fantasy chats were excited. And what did he do? He showed up and showed out. He delivered. Then, like, isn't yes. that, but isn't that rare though? Whenever somebody is hyped rare. up to the moon, to the very. moon, that he, like how high he was hyped up. And then he actually delivered exactly what everybody's predicted. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yes. It never happens. And it happened for us. And then the next week, the Broncos are like, you know, um, we're just going to go back to this 50%, you know, snap share. Go share the backfield with Gordon. Bad teams stay bad. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Bad teams stay bad. So, you know, they upgraded the quarterback this year. The, the weapons should be more dangerous because of the quarterback that you upgraded to, which is Russell Wilson, which, which should all equal to lighter fronts and a lot of yards for him to rush. So. Mm-hmm. Again, if you've been following us, then you've heard us talk about his his rushing problem on Prize Picks, which is at eleven hundred yards. I think that's an easy smash. Hopefully, hopefully, the Broncos do not spend high draft capital on the running back. I pray to God that they don't. And, and that'll and that'll be you know if they if they somehow do that, that'll be two years in a row that they spent high draft capital on a running back. And I just don't see that happening. I just don't see that happening because. 
if they have all the confidence in Javante Williams as as we anticipate, there's literally no way in hell that they do that two years in a row. I'll be I'll be completely shocked because people are people, you know teams already hate running backs as it is. Yeah, but to see a team, I mean, last year they traded up to get Javante Williams. So so you mean you mean to tell me this year they're gonna do it? They're gonna do it again or draft a, a running back high again? <laughs> I I just don't see that happening. Honestly, I just don't. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope. Let's yeah. hope. All right, your next player for a potential breakout. Who you have? Elijah Moore, wide receiver for the Jets. Um, this is mm. this is one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite players in the in in last year's in last year's class. Um, you know, over the last six games of 2021, he averaged you know just you know just shy of six catches, 77 yards. Um, he averaged the seventh most fantasy points um, in that you know in that span. And over that six-game stretch, if you extrapolate that over a full season of 17 games, that's around 96 catches and 1,300 yards. You know, so that's that that is a solid you know wide receiver one season uh, you know, for uh, for him, and that would have you know kind of challenged um, Jamar Chase for that you know rookie wide receiver crown. So uh, he has that kind of potential. Um, one thing that we want want to make note of was that he played mostly out wide last year. Which was yep. weird, and which is a deviation from what he did in college, where he played the majority of his snaps um, from the slot. So he played over seventy percent of his snaps out wide. So he was, so he was basically being misused <laughs> in his rookie year. He was still putting up, you know, those numbers, those eye popping numbers. And so you know, he had at least six targets in nine of eleven games, and there was a stretch, you know, between you know weeks eight and eleven, where he had twenty four catches, fifty in the NFL. 30, 336 yards, fifth in the NFL, and four touchdowns, which is tied for first in the NFL. So again, this guy's potential is through the roof. You know, Zach Wilson in year two, getting better. You know, hopefully he can take a leap. Hopefully, 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 hopefully <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he can take a leap. But he he caught he caught passes from you know Mike White, caught passes from Josh Johnson, caught passes from Zach Wilson. He got passes from Joe. Joe Flacco. He got passes from four different quarterbacks in 2021. And he still was producing when he was on the field because each of those guys understood the assignment. He's their best player. He's their best white. His best offensive weapon. Let's get him the ball. Let's get him the ball in space. Let's 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 you know let him move. And so yeah, Elijah Moore and one of another one of my uh, breakout candidates for 2022. All right, and I I mean I co-signed that. Uh, Hopefully, expecting big things from him. I mean, we're expecting the Jets to draft a, a wide receiver with one of their top ten picks. So this is definitely going to kind of, you know, kind of bite into this potential breakout for him. I think because you still got Corey, you still got Corey Davis. They're spending they spend a lot of money on Corey Davis. They can't just they can't they just spend that right. They spend that much money on him. I don't know if they gave him that much money. What they give him like it's what eight million, eight million a year, seven million a year? Nah, I believe he, I believe he's touching double digits. You can look it up, but I, yeah, let me let me look that up really quick. Yeah, yeah, they gave him yeah. three for 37, 37 and yeah. a half. Okay, twenty seven guaranteed. So they have a potential yeah. out in twenty twenty three. Yeah, so they they need to get Ooh, their money's worth. <laughs> need yeah, to get so their money's worth. He's gonna be on the field because of money alone. Yeah. So yeah, we, let's, so, so the only thing that we can hope though is that they don't draft a, a wide receiver that's basically duplicative of his skill set. So 
they 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 should hope to draft an outside clasher like a Drake London, uh, you know, somebody like that at maybe okay. number ten, so they can properly move Elijah Moore into the slot where he belongs and let him yeah. cook. Yep, no Jamison Crowder, so that makes sense. Yeah, um, and you know they they did resign you know you know Braxton Berrios, but I'm not, I'm not but sure. nobody's worried about it. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> no, um, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, my last breakout candidate, Devonta Smith, D. Smitty, Alabama wide receiver now, Philadelphia Eagles. You know, it, before I before I get to it, this is all preface. That they do not spend high draft capital on a wide receiver because they already a low they're already a low volume passing attack, and it could be nothing worse than adding another outside wide receiver to hinder him because you already know that Jalen Hurts' primary target is, is, is Dallas Goddard. So yeah, if they do not spend high capital on wide receiver, then he is one of my potential breakout candidates. He was number twelve in air yards this past year with four, almost fifteen hundred. He was number six at he was number six at thirty nine percent air yard share, uh, so I I think there's there's definitely potential for him to you know break over a thousand yards and then you know break into the top twenty four wide receivers when it's all said and done in terms of uh, fi- finishing fantasy wise for for next year. You know the interesting thing about Devonta Smith is that he he didn't exceed expectations and he didn't fall short of expectations. He was just kind yep. of wherever he was drafted. That's Yep. Basically, the value that he that you got back, you know, yep. you weren't you weren't disappointed, but you weren't like overly excited, right? I mean, it's just he he was okay. He was okay. Yeah, he was, he was good enough in twenty twenty one. But you know, there's and he, he obviously he had the he has the team record for uh, an Eagles rookie wide receiver for in terms of yards. So yep. it's a it was a pretty successful season for him um, from a real life perspective, fantasy wise. I mean, he again he he didn't uh, he didn't he didn't kill you. He didn't win you game. He didn't win you weeks either, though. So, yep, um, yep. So hopefully, hopefully this you know that changes in twenty twenty two. But you know, Devonta Smith, yeah, he's he's a solid, he's a solid guy. He's a solid wide receiver. You know, yeah. To, to hell, to hell with that BMI talk. Yeah, yeah exactly. Talk. <laughs> and one and one thing you know, hopefully this is a positive for him going to the next year is that. Um, Wide receivers that had at least fourteen hundred air yards. He was only one of four that didn't have over a thousand yards for the season. It was him, uh, uh, Cortland Sutton. Cortland Sutton's also done this for two years in a row. Uh, DK DK didn't finish over a thousand yards, and Marvin Jones. Um, so, you no, know, those those are all pretty good wide receivers. Marvin Jones, he probably would have been over a thousand if. If he if they just didn't phase him out of the offense the second half of the year and throwing to somebody like Laquan Treadwell, so hopefully this is something that you know we're kind of looking at up and up for Devontae. Uh, and again, this is all pending if they do not spend high draft capital on the wide receiver. And we keep seeing mocks of Philly spending one of those one of those picks on on a wide receiver. So. You know, we look, will look see. At, we're gonna have potential Alave or Traylon Burks, yeah, or somebody in that range. But I think they have, I think they have uh, picked eighteen. Is that is that what's yep. not? Yeah, they picked eighteen. It's pick eighteen, and then uh, and then didn't they swap? And then they swapped the pick with um with the well, that was the that was the swap pick actually. So yeah, they gave the Saints their one of their first. Their, 
they so gave they him the sixteen. So they can get a first yeah. next year. Yeah, yeah. When so, the trade when the trade initially went down, I was like, "What the hell is Philly doing?" But then I realized <laughs> they're getting they're getting a twenty three first because they yeah you know, they they, 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 may not even, they don't they don't expect New Orleans to be very good. That's what that's what they're telling them. They're they're, they're low key shading about making that deal with them. They're like, you know, what? I don't <laughs> I don't think y'all are gonna be that good. Can we have y'all first next year? And you know, the Saints are delusional, thinking they're gonna be actually pretty good. So. We'll see. Well, and then and then also they're foreshadowing like if if Jalen doesn't, I'm, I'm assuming they're putting putting this last year into Jalen, and if he doesn't really do anything, then you you got you got ammo to go get a quarterback if you need to move up. So um, it's definitely smart on their part. I, I salute them for being for uh, foreseeing the potential future of, of their quarterback position with that move. So yeah, ni- nice foresight for sure. Nice foresight. Yeah. On that note, you know, this is the end of the show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully y'all got some actionable information that, you know, maybe use in terms of, you know, maybe looking to make moves for some of these players that, that did their thing, uh, exceeded expectations, somebody that we might look at as a breakout candidate. May, hopefully they, we, we, you know, opened your eyes to somebody or co-signed on somebody that you're potentially looking at and making a move with. Um, so I, you got anything, you know, hit on before we get up out of here? No, I mean, you, you said it all, man. Um, you know, we appreciate y'all, you know, tuning in once again. Uh, we hope that you got, you know, got, got some of this information. Um, you took it as actionable and maybe make some, uh, make some trades in, in some of your dynasty leagues, you know, for some of these guys, you know, that, that have, you know, have the arrow pointing up for them. You know, Javante Williams is probably going to be pretty expensive for a lot of y'all. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, Elijah Moore, he's, he, he may, he may come, come at a discount. Who knows? So, you know, just, you know, make, make some moves, man. Make some moves. And, um, you know, hopefully we got some, uh, you know, we, we were able to, you know, to inform you guys from pretty well about all the, about all these, uh, you know, year two breakouts and 2021 rookies. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a good thought experiment and a good exercise to just kind of revisit, you know, how, how the 21 season played out for a lot of these guys. So, so yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, you can follow us on at off the line FF. You know, you can check us out on under the Destination Devi Network. You'll find us under there with, with Elite Seekers. You know, uh, Wake Up with Ray G and, and Jay Rich, 4D Chess. You know, anything anything that we got going on, you know, there's something for everybody under this umbrella. So you can find us on all streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you get your streaming plat- platforms from. You know, again, we thank y'all for listening to us. Until next week, y'all be safe. And the draft is almost here, so don't make any trades. Be patient. (laughs) Chill. Chill. Practice patience. (laughs) Please. Yes. Peace out. Peace out, folks. Yep.